0: विला गुरुदेव की जय मनमाप की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय रामतारा की जय गौर of you. Good afternoon, good evening. And welcome again. We are continuing with our series of lectures concerning Bhagavan's prayers to his devotees. A very beautiful section of the ninth cant of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is giving a very uh, clear pointing into what's coming next uh, in the 10th canto of the Bhagavad Gita. So, what Guru Mahārāj will say, coming soon in the theater or next, ne- ne- how near you. Near you. Yeah. So, here we we'll say, coming next in the canto, next to this future. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just coming, just coming. So, in this 9th canto, 4th chapter, in these six verses from 63 to 68, mm-hmm. Bhagavān in Baikuntha is sharing a trailer of what's next and what's there in the, in the Mahavaikuntha, if you will. You know, the special hidden, even though it's called Maha-Vaikuntha sometimes, it is, one may think it's bigger than Vaikuntha, but as Gurmash will say, yeah, Brindavan is bigger than Vaikuntha, but bigger in terms of?
1: Feeling.
0: Yeah, affection. Mm-hmm. More accommodating place, because the hearts are, again, more expanded, if you will, even more than in Vaikuntha, which already there, are considerable expansion of the hearts, is there, Mm, but in the can- in the tenth canto, in the very beginning of the tenth canto, we will find the most powerful mm, types of affection that some scars mm-hmm. ever possible received. And that's why Krishna spent his very first years. It is said that from first year to the seventh years, you receive the most powerful some that will accompany along your life. So Krishna was in Vrindavan until his eleventh year. So his emotional foundation. <laughs> Sanskaras were received during Braj, so no matter if he became a prince, the king of the world, no, killing the king Kamsa, becoming a great statesman in Dwarka, and having palaces, and his heart remains a Brajavasi, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you want to take that in in those psychological, emotional terms. Mm -hmm. So today we are continuing our description of. We are starting the fourth verse of this series of six. This is will be verse 66. But let's make a brief recap since we are meeting again each other after some few days, just in case. And we have some new guests and company today, us. Welcome, especially all, but especially the ones participating for the first time in this series. So thank you very much for coming. <coughs> So, in the very first, of course, we gave some context to the whole narration where uh, Durba Simone offended the great devotee Ambarish Maharaj without real reason for that, actually. Ambarish Maharaj was behaving properly, and Durba Simone was just cursing him out of, let's say, repressed gyani like anger. <laughs> and Ambarish Maharaj, in his great devotion and humility, did nothing to oppose the curse, Consider whatever is coming to my life, some reason is there. Bhagavan is... I'm surrendered to Bhagavan, so Bhagavan is taking care of me, even in the, in the form of a curse. Mm-hmm. But eventually, as you know, Sudarshan Chakra started to protect Ambarish and chasing Durvasa in different planetary systems. So Durvasa went to vaikuntha eventually reached the shore, the gate of vaikuntha and fell at the feet of Bhagavan himself, asking for protection, mercy, if you will. And... Uh, well, Bhagavan replied in these six verses, expressing basically how he's controlled by his devotees. How God is controlled by Bhakti. Mm-hmm. Which is a very unique theological point of the Gaudiya Sampradaya.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Generally we speak that God is the controller, but in our tradition we teach love is the controller. Mm-hmm. Both of the devotees controlled by the love God's love for him, her, God is controlled by the love of Hmm. Devote. Hmm. so love is the controller ultimate so in the very first verse hmm, just a brief recap uh, Bhagavan says so he says to begin with I am totally under the control of my devotees I have not independence at all hmm. they are reside so intimately in my heart that I mean I cannot but be purchased by them. And what to speak of my devotees, even the devotees of my devotees are special. Whatever has some connection with my devotees, I'm purchased by them as well. I'm attracted by them. And so that was the very first reply of, of Bhagavan to Durvastas asking, please protect me basically from the offense I committed to your devotee. And I said, I'm controlled by my devotee. I have no independence. No, no independent will. <laughs> Tantra, he said. So this is a very interesting conception. The Supreme independent, in, remains independent on, on a general level, on a more, if you will, boring level for us. <laughs> and in a more interesting level, he becomes subdued. But by Bhakti, which as we mentioned, Bhakti is Krishna's own personal intrinsic potency. So he's not becoming dependent on something external to himself. So there is no defect in that. God remains independent and in the context of independence, he becomes dependent in interaction with Swarup Shakti, with his own heart in the form of his devotees. So first verse, that's a brief recap. I explained that verse in almost two hours, first lecture, so you have to go to the <laughs> podcast site for that. <laughs> Second verse, Naamad says Sadovira Bhaktar Bina Kim Brahma Jaisam Gatiraham. Bhagavan further elaborates saying, actually, without my devotees, I don't have I, 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 don't have, I don't find great joy even in my own joy separated from them, from, separated from the loving interaction with my devotees. I don't find that much joy in my own saru, in my own inherent nature which is known as being Sachidananda, in great nature. Even in my six opulences, we mentioned, that what makes me Bhagavan, which defines me as Bhagavan, the possessor of six opulences. I don't care about them so much if you take the devotees out. Basically. so he is declaring in more technical terms my sarup shaktananda gives me kaigar bliss and my sarupananda
1: mm-hmm.
0: again I won't repeat the detail whatever I said. then in our previous lecture and this were I will, I will analyze in a little greater detail as we are doing we uh, Bhagavan was saying um, how is yadar katamstam He explains why he is so purchased by his devotees. He says, basically, they have left attachment for everything for my sake. Attachment for family, affection, worldly affection, I mean, attachment. I mean, attachment for something worldly is something different from having real affection for someone. So, again, we are not against affection, we are not against attachment, as much as that plays itself out in the context of something permanent. Because, as we always say, if we get attached to something that here's, is here today, gone tomorrow, that attachment is, the Bhagavad Gita says, the womb from which suffering is born. So it's a recipe for misery, and we don't want to promote that in the name of, of love, of the highest ideal, basically. You know? So here, Bhagavan is saying, My devotees are leaving all behind for my sake, which is a particular type of detachment. That implies a particular type to mention of. For detachment to be there, we need. Attachment. Thank you very much. So particular type of attachment. Even we are not detachers, but we are attachers, if you will. I don't know if that term exists at all, but we promote attachment to something permanent, att- attaching attachment to something that is of our en- same nature, basically permanent nature, eternal nature. So here, Bhagavan is saying that my devotees take shelter in me after renouncing to temporary attachments to the to the temporary way of attaching yourself to everything some people may get attached to God even in a temporary way just may see him in terms of give me what I need now and that's all I don't conceive a, an eternal relationship with you, just provide what I need temporary, in a temporary way so that's a material attachment in relation to God <laughs> to follow, so you can project material attachment not only to a car and to a house and to a TV but to transcendence itself <laughs> So here's mentioning that point. My devotees are getting rid of all this temporary lens of getting attached to everything. And instead, they get attached to everything with, in the context of eternity, even to the car, as we mentioned speaking today with Subal. Subal was praising his car today because it allows him to take the devotees to different places. So, car, kijai. <laughs> <laughs> no problem no, I mean we have no problem that's facilitating as our Maharaj will say if you are an artist as we have here three of them making a, a piece of art between three that's a very interesting project so but you need a canvas you need paper if you take away all the papers all the pencils and you have your art inherent there wanting to express itself and I don't give you a form and a vehicle to express that it remains stuck there so the point is we can all those things are not inhibiting the expression but facilitating that. So in the same way everything has its that potential in connection to the center.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Bhagavan says in that verse even my devotees are are willing to detach from their own lives for my sake. In other words they're dedicating even their own prana he it says is the word prana their life force that becomes an offering to me. So if they have offered to me everything from tip to toe, starting by themselves, how can I ever, can I ever think of not doing the same myself towards them, say Bhagavan here? And how can I give up such devotees at any time? That's the point. It's not that I, I abandon them sometime, but when they call me, okay, I go. I cannot abandon them at any time because they do not abandon me at any time. That's a, what we generally call fall in love. I mean, it is at any time at every time it's not just ahaituki apatihata mm-hmm. ahaituki apatihata means uh, selfless and uninterrupted akanda akanda means without mm-hmm. without interruption that was sometime the. there was a painting of the Rasa here Rasa Lila no you have one or not I don't know I thought, what, you thought that you have. there is something there Okay. well, You have the rasa mandala sometimes it's called a kanda mandala which means uninterrupted circle. I mean the circle is in itself uninterrupted so the point is at any time at every time the love is the love interaction has no interruption it's not that the circle is there and become like broken there and continues there it's like ongoing ever increasing loving exchange celebration in that context. Mm-hmm. So Krishna of course is known as being affectionate to his to the Brahmanas also. We know that, Namo Brahmanya Devaya. He's the god of the Brahmins. But that's a secondary godhood in himself, if you will. His first Bhakta Bhakti We say that he's the Bhakta of his Bhaktas, the devotee, his devotee. So if I'm if Durvas is saying to Krishna, you are protector of Brahmanas, I am a Brahman, protect me. But Krishna Bhagavan Bish in this case, not even Krishna will say, To protect you, I have to dismiss Ambarish, because that will be the case in this situation. No way. no way, And that's why the Sudarshan chakra is still scorching you. (laughs) Because I'm bogged by my devotees. He's not saying that regarding the brownness. It's another level of connection. So again, Ambarish seems to be someone mundane, a king, a person in the world. That's a nice example, but he's totally detached. While Durvas on the other side, he seems to be really detached on the outside. He has all the required dreadlocks for you to be considered a detached person. sadhu. <laughs> <laughs> the exact number of them so you can take them and throw them to the floor and curse people. <laughs> but he acted in such a way that he seemed like a totally attached person. Fearful of his body running around the world trying to protect the body. Well, when the monster appeared and Barishmaras didn't say anything, was not trying to act against that situation. Mm -hmm. So we see externally what may seem very renunciate person, maybe the most attached, and on the opposite as well that can happen. So, as we mentioned, Krishna in this verse, he said to destroy not family, (laughs) not house, but attachment, temporary sense of attachment to those things. And instead he will replace, bless the devotee by making them develop a spiritual sense of detachment. With everything is seen as udipana,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a stimulant for bhakti. Mm-hmm. As we were quoting our Guru Master he said, your family members are sudhrit rati. Like you have a love for Krishna, a particular love for Krishna, but a particular type of affection for the devotees. So your family will be considered as such. So, that's a a type of affection that nourishes your love for Krishna, basically. That's the idea. In the spiritual world, you have, I don't know, Madhurya Prem, Sakya Prem for Krishna, but you have a type of affection for the devotees, and that affection nourishes your love for Krishna. So, that should be the same regarding, for example, the family Mm -hmm. in the context of bhakti. If not, of course, we find many quotes and scriptures describing the family as a dark well and so on. But actually, that's the point. Is it, it? It has the potential to become a dark well, if you see your wife as an object. <laughs> I mean, you're already throwing yourself in the well by seeing her, as, or vice versa, of course. now seeing everything as your possession in your control. I mean, you are voluntarily jumping into a dark well. It's not that family in itself is that. You are making everything a dark well. Family again. You can make God that well if you approach him materially. <laughs> and we concluded also, sorry, this is the recap yet still, <laughs> sharing some words from the second part of our article on Beyond Atmaram, where we were trying to explain the Atmaram verse, famous one in connection to Krishna Mahapuru himself, and Mahaprabhu himself, and how that particular phone call of Srigurangis represents the most fully the culmination of divine dissatisfaction, if you will. Because we were speaking about satisfaction and on top of that dissatisfaction in a transcendental way when you love you are satisfied when you love you discover a new level of satisfaction called divine dissatisfaction basically Guru Maharaj will say I mean you can have a need out of emptiness or you can have a need out of fullness the need the need will be there but it will be very different in nature so in this world we have a need out of emptiness and we are trying someone to fill us, to fulfill us. Mm-hmm. But when you are full, there comes another need out of fullness, which is the need to celebrate, mm-hmm. need for celebration. That's another need. As Guru Master said, you are full, you cannot just remain still. You want to get up and dance and celebrate and share that with the world. So we are when you are empty, instead of thinking I will jump and, 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 and dance, you are thinking who can fill my hole here? <laughs> so we're thinking more in terms of taking. You know? I need to fill this hole, that hole, that hole. It's never enough you know? because the pot remains with holes and everything is... Like <laughs> <laughs> but when you learn that the, the, the math of life goes otherwise, Do you understand it's, it's about giving. Mm-hmm. So when you give, that's the receiving and you can celebrate them. there's a need but the need is out of fullness again you have a need to love a need to share a need to celebrate but it's, it's not in terms of taking but in terms of giving I have a need to give interesting not a need to take mm-hmm. so of course Mahapurou represents this culmination of divine dissatisfaction the most as we say most fragile aspect of the absolute and the most volcanic one at the same time mm-hmm. interestingly we say Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, and Mahaprabhu is the supreme personality of Krishna. <laughs> so, some not so brief recap. So, already we are like 10 15 minutes later, so if you bear with me that extra time at the end. <laughs> and today we will continue with the next verse, the fourth verse of this series of six fold series. This is verse. Sixty-six,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a nice one also with interesting analogy. So the verse says like this: Ma inirbadh hidaya sadvas madarsana Kurbanti mam bhaktya matstriya matpati yataha. So <coughs> translation: Bhagavan is saying to Durvas, the chakra is still blazing on <laughs> his back. As a chaste wife controls her virtuous husband by her devotion, similarly, the saintly devotees who view everyone equally and remain completely attached to me in the core of their hearts bring me under their full control. That's today's verse. So again, the first verse I did all and the remaining verse are expanding, elaborating on that. So, mayi nirbadha hridaya, Sri Bhagavan is saying, remember, this is not Braja Krishna speaking in Vrindavan, this is Bhagavan in Vaikuntha. So, this has to be multiplied 108 times in the land of Braja. Mm-hmm. So we have to do that exercise as Gaudias, no? mm-hmm. understanding this in terms of Braja Bhakti ultimate. So, mm-hmm. so mayi nirbadha hridaya, mm-hmm. Nirbada hridaya means like firmly attached in the core of their heart. Nirbada, bada means like Entangled. Bhada-jiva, conditioned soul. So here he's entangled soul. So Nirbada means entangled, like... But Hridaya, Hridaya means heart. My, unto me. So they are, they are totally entangled in my heart. The way of saying, I don't know. That's the source of freedom of all other entanglement. If you and who 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 are the people who are... Uh, Attached to me in the core of their hearts, if you will. Sādhava, Samadārshana. Sādhava, my sadhus. Mm. Again, Sādhava, sadhubir, All the verses include this word over and over again. Mm. So, Sādhava means saintly, personalities, honest people, mm. and so on. Mm. Transparent mediums, and so on. Authentic. Personality, basically as we spoke the other day those who know what they have to do in order to upgrade what needs to be upgraded in, in their particular chapter of their life that's a sadhu basically <laughs> no matter if you are a beginner sadhu a very advanced sadhu means authentic person an per authentic person is I am fully willing to recognize what needs to be recognized and needs to be changed and I will accept doing the necessary for, for that to happen no matter if I am in the lesson A or lesson whatever, F. That's the disposition, always, student forever. So, sama Samadarshana. He further qualifies the D of Sadabha. The Sadhus are Samadarshana. So, what does it mean, Samadarshana? Let's exercise our Sanskrit.
1: Ecovision. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. So, Darshana has to do with seeing or vision and Samam is equal, equanimity. So Samadarshanam means he's seeing everyone equal.
1: Mm.
0: So there comes an interesting idea here. On one side, he's saying, they're totally attached to me, and they see everyone equally. <laughs> we all elaborate on that. So then he say Va sekur banti mam So then he explains what happens to Bhagavan. Bhagavan is giving his testimony. What happens to me when such people come into my life? With such people who are who are totally attached to me in the core of their hearts, Bas mm-hmm. kurbanti means under control kurbanti means they make in other words, they put me under their control. Mm-hmm. It's not that they want to control me, but that's the byproduct of such a behavior mm-hmm. that's the power of love basically it's not that if I love someone, I love him because I want to control him. And, by, and, and, and he or she agrees to love me because he wants to control me. Nobody, nobody thinking about that. But both parties remain fully controlled. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the power of love. So Bhasikur mm-hmm. so, Banti Mam Bhaktya. So Mam means me. So they fully control me. Bhaktya by Bhakti. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no other way to control Bhagavan as we you know. So, but just in case, he clarified Basikur Banti Mam Bhaktya. I'm fully controlled by them, by the power of love. Again, Bhagavan cannot be controlled by any other mm-hmm. attempt, by physical force, mm-hmm. by, I don't know, by beauty, mm-hmm. physical beauty, mundane beauty. It may seem so, when we see that Krishna is attracted to the gopis, but he's not attracted by mundane beauty, he's attracted by divine beauty. That, that, that says... In Brihad Krishna says that to Nara at one point when he's with his sixteen thousand eight one hundred and eight queens, and they are beautiful. If we want just to speak on that material platform, and but it, at one point Bhagavan says that to Nara, "Do not even think for a moment that I am attracted to Rukmini or Satyabhama by their fe- by their beauty." I mean, yes, I am attracted by their beauty, but. What's their beauty? <laughs> the point is that we generally we misapprehend the whole idea of what's real beauty. So we get attracted to beauty, but actually we are not getting attracted to beauty. <laughs> and, and a sadhu gets attracted. There's different types of vision. You know? If you have a very young, beautiful lady, and, and, and we have three different examples, you know? for example, and, and the tree will love the lady, but from different side they will see different types of beauty you know for example you have a <laughs> I don't know a young boy will see the young lady and will be attracted to her from from a very particular way from a physical way wanting to enjoy and whatever and then we have a lion seeing the nice girl and he will be loving her but it's breakfast
1: in another context
0: <laughs> so he's attracted but again this is an una- and a sadhu will see the, the girl and he will love her. But seeing who she is, really. I mean, not seeing a girl, basically. But being attracted to that which is really attractive. I mean, the sadhu is a, a person who is more attracted to everyone than anyone else. Because the sadhu is contacti- contacting the real beauty principle in everyone. <laughs> and he's not in, in the mode of exploiting beauty. So that allows... Someone to really enjoy beauty, I mean, you can enjoy beauty as much as you are not willing to exploit beauty in the moment that the exploiting tendency comes in that same proportion, you cannot really enjoy beauty. That's why beauty like kind of escapes from our hands at every moment because we want to have it, control it, possess it, and beauty, according to us, should be the controller, the possessor, the exploiter. Once one would to say that. I, I like the idea. We want to exploit beauty. Actually, beauty should exploit us. The proper idea of exploitation, of course. We should just lend ourselves to be carried by the waves of beauty. And when we say beauty, again, we cannot speak about the so-called idea of beauty that here, today, gone, tomorrow, but permanent Mm -hmm. sense of beauty. Mm -hmm. Dostoevsky says that. Beauty will save the world. Of course, we know which beauty we refer to... (laughs) So, going back to the word-by-word translation. <laughs> Last line, he said, so they put under, con- I am become under the control by the force of attraction and that means beauty and that means bhakti. Sat striam, sat patim yata. Trying to further illustrate the idea he will give, invoke an analogy here because Bhagavan knows it's not so easy to speak about love. We may speak about love but who knows which idea we are having. So analogies are there too. Help us illustrate that, properly explain because also you can just misappre- misapprehend the whole analogy. So he says sat stria, sat patim Satpatim, Yada. Satstriya means striya means wife. So sat means like sati, like chaste. And satpatim then. Pati means husband. And sat means again the same word. Virtuous, chaste. No? And yata means us. No? Like in the same way as and whatever and whatever has been said applies to the analogy. So Bhagavan okay. say my devotees control me in the same way as a chaste wife will control a virtuous husband. So again the word sat is implied in the two cases. Not any wife not any husband. Therefore not any type of control. But a particular type of control in the context of Sat. <laughs> You already spoke about sad. Mm. Sit and sat. Mm. Be sad. Be real, be honest, be authentic. Be sadhu. sadhu. Sadhu is another word of that. So, chastity, purity. So, here Bhagavan is hammering, further hammering on how mm. uh, how he's controlled mm. by love, basically. Mm. He already mentioned this, but there is he can never say enough about that. That's the point. If you really are in love, I mean, you will, again, love, spiritual love, eternal love, perfect love, is a celebratory movement, as our Guru will say. When we say the movement of Sri Chaitanya is not only movement in the case of organizing an institution, but movement means, the movement starts here. (laughs) Nothing is moving here, what will be able to move outside? We may erect big Buildings, but that's not, not. Yeah, the bricks are moving, but the heart has to be moving accordingly. <laughs> if not, we will demolish the the buildings, as Prabhupada said. Mm-hmm. All these have to be built on the foundation of love and trust. If not, let's demolish everything. Prabhupada did the same. He made the marble temple, and he realized: oh, some of the people here are, are fighting for wanting this room and that room. Let's sell off the marble. They didn't understand which movement should be done, ha- happening in, in the heart. So. so here he's, again, he has not enough. He has already expressed, I'm totally in love with my devotees and vice versa. And, I control, and he feels, I can't be speaking about this eternally. Because this is an ongoing affair, again. So we have to understand the real nature of love is up, upgrading itself constantly, updating Downloading the higher latest ultimate version, if you will, in terms of apps nowadays. If you don't 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 la- download the the last latest version, the machine becomes how do you say? It? You cannot use it anymore. Absolute. Bar- yeah, obsolete. That's what it So that's for us in the same way. We may not even have prem yet, but whatever stage we have reached. If tomorrow you are not after a higher stage, you become obsolete. You will feel yourself like that. You you, you didn't press the update button today. <laughs> and what to speak if you leave, let two days pass without pressing the button. Oh my God. Oh, ultra obsolete. And three days and four days. <laughs> so we have to... I mean, the machine won't work. Machine, no? The heart. <laughs> so here he's given this classical analogy, mm-hmm. Bhagavan, to further illustrate his as we would say, falling condition, falling in love. So chase wife controlling, virtuous husband through affectionate and selfless service, that's the main point here. How is if we go for a minute to the classical Vedic stage the scenario, the wife chase wife, I mean it's not some abusive situation, it should not be ideally, because the husband should be <laughs> on equal terms of beer to beer beer virtue (laughs) so the wife will be rendering selfless service to the husband but the husband will be reciprocating accordingly if not we of course will call that some form of abuse so to here, Bhagavan is finding okay this will be a fitting analogy for some reasons that we will share now and maybe for those of you who were following the series of lectures that we gave in in Madhavan last month um was it last Monday, approximately? Uh, we were speaking about the Chatushlok, the prayers of Ritresura. So, in the third verse of these four, he says, He's um, trying to use three different analogies to compare the, 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 the longing that he's feeling towards Bhagavan. So, for her, first he says, As the birds who are in the nest wait, the baby birds waiting for her mother bird to bring food. I'm longing for you, but then he said, "No, that's not a proper analogy because the birds are just waiting for the mother, and when they f- are waiting for food, actually, <laughs> when mothers bring food, that's all the longing over." Second example, as the calves are waiting for the mother to give them milk, that's a little bit more close because the milk is already inside the mother. It's like in, in the terms of analogies, more immediate. Ex- Illustration: It's not bringing food from somewhere else, but the food is there. But still the calves are waiting for... Yeah, for the mother, but mainly for the mother's other milk lunch. No? They're satisfied. Okay, mom is there, but life goes on without that much longing. <laughs> so the third example, that you say, where Virita finally finds full satisfaction with that analogy, says, Priyam He says, like the beloved wife, again, chase wife who is in separation from his virtuous husband and waiting for him. In that way, I also long for your association. So similarly here, Bhagavan, in this case, chooses this famous analogy, mm-hmm. famous analogy, where he to express how he is controlled. He who is generally known as Ajita, which means... Uh, How to translate it? Unborn? No, no, no. Does Ajata? Only one letter can make it.
1: Unconquered?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, the one who is unconquered becomes Jita. Mm -hmm. Becomes conquered. So again, for the wife's chastity to be glorious, as the Bhagavatam is portraying it here, the husband's integrity has to be there, proportionately. If not, the whole analogy is spoiled, basically. So both husband and wife has to do their part. Just in case. (laughs) This is a 50-50 equation, please. (laughs) So, also the example of the wife and the husband, which is a um, um, conjugal example, if you will, in the context of Madhurya, if you will, couple relationship, somehow conveys different forms of service. There is a form of dasya. Now, of course, again, husband and wife still is a material example given here, but it's pointing to something else, as we will see. So we could speak that in, in, this, in this proper interaction between between husband and wife. There is a form of dasya, form of service. There is a form of sakya. There is a <coughs> friendship, there should be, between husband and wife. There is a form of batsalia as well. Maybe especially coming from the wife to the husband, you know, for example, taking care, of feeding, taking like a motherly nature, overflowing. But husbands should be, also have some proper Vatsalian that tends to complement. And there is maduria for sure. You know, that's the, the romantic side which makes the, the relationship be known mainly as such. So again, this is in material sense, but as we will see, this is pointing very, for those who have ears to hear somewhere else. And we will say, okay, it's pointing to where Bhagavan is speaking here, Vaikuntha. But we will say, no, Vaikuntha we don't find, I mean, we find something of that, some dasya, Um samdasya <laughs> And samdasya <some> <laughs> Of course, we find Santaras as well. And we found Maduria. Madura is just limited to one single person called Srimati Lakshmi Devi. Nobody can compete with her. Nobody can become Manjari or whatever of Lakshmi. N- there is no Sakya, there is no friendship with Narayan as we mentioned in Gopal and Brihad Bhagavatam when Gopal Kumar arrives to N- by Kuntza at one point, he has um Sakya sensibilities towards Madan Gopal, his deity, he sees that So he sees Narayan and he sees Malangopal actually. Malangopal shows himself in the form of... I mean, Narayan is there but it reveals his if you will, original form to the eye. Salve, love... uh, How do you say? The salve of love is... well, Whatever. Love filled eyes of Gopakumar. So... And he sees Malangopal. He doesn't see Narayan. So he shouts and says... Gopal and starts to mm-hmm. run to embrace to give a big friendly embrace to his pal pal you see mm-hmm. Na, uh, no, not Narayan but Madan Gopal but everyone else is seeing Narayan and this guy newcomer to Vaikuntha recently just running to embrace uh, imagine I was thinking that the other day when we went to Bankateshwar for a <laughs> <laughs> we were allowed in the inner chambers of the, ashr- on, the on the altar there I was imagine. I, I don't know, hopefully Krishna Chaitanya is not having some ambition here and starts to shout and, and wants to just run and give a good friendly embrace and Venkatesh, I don't know what may happen there. Vaikuntha will become Sakunta. Vaikuntha means without anxiety, Sakunta means feel of anxiety. <laughs> so that happened in Vaikuntha according to Sanatan Goswami. Gopakumar Pakumar wanted to embrace Narayana. and everyone else was like, what's going on? called Jai and Vijay the gatekeepers, and whew, they fell on Gopakumar, you are in Vaikuntha, what are you doing? How can you embrace Bhagavan? So Gopakumar was feeling, like, okay, this is not my place, I cannot embrace my pal here, I cannot even say that he's my pal, they start to look me at what's, what's going on with you. So again, Bhagavan here is implying when mentioning the example of the wife husband. son some sakya, but there's no sakya in Vaikuntha, Madhuri is limited to Lakshmi, Das is only of a certain level, not full, full range of, da- of dasya even. Hmm. So, where do we find the ultimate application of all the implications of these different possibilities? In the Vaikuntha Ban, in the forest of Vaikuntha, as our as it is sometimes mentioned, Brindavan is the forest of Vaikuntha. No? Yeah, it's Vaikuntha, it's a spiritual world, but forest-like heaven, something like this. <laughs> so again, for those who have the years to hear, here Bhagavan is <clears throat> pointing to all that. Hmm? The ultimate application of this verse converges in, in the Braj. Hmm? And of course, if we want to take the full application, it will converge in the gopis and the figure of Sri Rada who offer themselves, in the context of Maduria, hmm? they offer their own bodies in charity hmm? hmm. to Sri Hari. But again, here I'm presenting the ultimate implication, but going to the main general idea, the idea here is that Bhagavan mentions: is through selfless service, you get to control the object of your service, basically. Again, not because, oh, that's a good formula, that, now I know how to control people. Not because of that, but if you are really, I mean, to do it selflessly means you are not calculating <laughs> that. But if you really serve someone selflessly you will be controlled. I mean, the person will be controlled by that. There's no way to, to escape from that. It's an interesting way of like putting the person in one corner in, in, in a natural way, loving way. And Bhagavan, as we say, he loves to be controlled by love. Sometimes in, in the scriptures say, bhava bhakti sudur lava, which means very difficult to attain. And sometimes they say, Krishna does not give very easily bhava bhakti. And sometimes I heard the Buddha saying, he's not giving that very easily because he will be controlled by Baba Bhakti. So the implication is, well, he doesn't like to be controlled. That's nonsense. So it's not that he's not given easily because he doesn't like to be so controlled. He's not given easily because he wants us to really un- understand what's that. I mean, if, because if we don't have the proper capacity of receiving that, what will happen to us? It's so like if I give you something very valuable, but I don't instruct you about how to deal with that, you may go mad. We can speak so much about the Bhagavatam and go Vaishnavism Vaishnavism and such high theological ideas, but if I, if we do not, I mean, if I'm speaking about that here and I do not try to help you about how to apply that in practice, if I'm not sharing tools for make that part of your life, it's almost like an act of violence towards you. Because I'm sharing you such a high ideal, such a, tremendous conception but do not give you the tools for do, how to deal how to put them in and who knows what will happen to you. You may go mad. Become pride or become fanatic or so many things can happen. Mm-hmm. We have seen that. <laughs> from the mouth out, oh well, such a high discourse from the mouth in we remain like zealots, zealots? Something like that no? <laughs> unrefined zealots basically <laughs> in the name of the higher thing the most unbecoming thing possible. That's the most untasty thing for for a wise person when someone is really speaking about the higher thing but not honoring that in practice properly. That's like, oh my God, that's the most bitter pill as well. But basically that's the idea. Bhakti, selfless bhakti, again, controls Bhagavan. It's a very noble approach. Sometimes I think that our Guru Mahesh has given that example. Let's see, you, you approach someone who is Bhagavan. Bhagavan means the one who has everything. So you can imagine that if someone is known for having everything, many people will be knocking his door her door <laughs> for different reasons. So he, he once gave an, an, an earthly example of that by speaking about Bill Gates, no? who has all opulences, if you will, <laughs> on the material plane maybe not full beauty and not full renunciation, but not even full wealth, but has enough wealth for us to think, oh, I will knock his door. <laughs> so the first example will be the karma example, the karma-like knocking, which is, oh, Bill get you have so much, can you give me a little bit to me? So most people approach God with that idea. You, you have everything, please give me something. I don't have almost anything, so share with me. Don't be miser. <laughs> i God will share unlimited stock there so, so Bill, if someone knocks the door Bill Gates and has some money he's, I mean, he's accustomed to hundreds of millions of people asking that same thing every single day so for him it's not like big news in his day it's like okay five dollars thank you if someone someone more intelligent this is the gyan approach not the karma approach the gyan approach is can you share with me the knowledge by which you became so rich so he may not receive any money, but he receives some information that will make him receive more money than what he will receive through the karma approach. <laughs> so some people approach God through karma and knowledge and eventually mukti things like this. But still this is not selfless love, this is not controlling the, the all powerful, all wealthy person. So it's someone the third person is the, the bhakti knocking. So Bill Gates said, yeah, what do you want, money? <laughs> no, I don't want money. So what do you want, to know how I became so rich? No. So he will say, what? So what do you want? I don't believe you. What do you want? Do you want some of those two, th- two things? No, no, I just came to, I want to serve you. Selflessly. And he will be like, what? <laughs> nobody comes to me, almost Nobody. Maybe not even my wife, not even my... <laughs> Nobody is knocking my door with that approach. And, of course, you can say that, but if you, in practice, show I'm, I'm serious about that, I mean, Bill Gates will be all day long thinking about you. <laughs> in his meetings, in the company, and all millions of dollars. But he will be thinking about which... Who is that person that he's offering? He's wanting to offer his life to me selflessly, not expecting anything in return, I I have to call him. I have to... You follow the the logic. And I'm giving the example of Bill Gates. What to speak of about the most (laughs) sensitive personality, Krishna himself, and for the most noble approach, bhakti. Mm -hmm. That's like... We cannot even imagine. But that's how Krishna responds to that. Mm -hmm. He becomes so moved. We need to become so moved as well. We are the ones missing the, the event yet but we have been invited to the to the party so we are on our way to the <laughs> to the celebration so as, as, as I say if you are really properly threading the path to heaven the path to heaven is heaven and if you are pa- threading the path to hell path to hell is hell <laughs> you can already have a taste of that just from the very path then an appetizer of hell and <laughs> so if you are doing things properly I hope you are feeling these glimpses of heaven, the heaven beyond heaven, if you, you will. Know. So I'm extending myself considerably, but no problem, we have eternity on our side. So let's continue. So as I mentioned before, Bhagavan is controlled. By but controlled by Bhakti, let me emphasize this point again. And Bhakti, what is Bhakti? Nothing but his own intrinsic potency, which eternally exists in his service. So that's important to understand. He's being totally controlled by something that eternally exists in his service. In the same way that the person knocked on Bill Gates and said, I exist for your service. He becomes controlled by me. But it's not that I want to control him. I want to serve him. So in the same way, Swarup Shakti, Bhakti, exists for the service of Shakti Man, of the energetic source. But the end result is he becomes controlled by that. So the point is, there's is no defect in Bhagavan being controlled here, because he's not being controlled by Maya Shakti by some extrinsic potency to himself. He's becoming controlled by his own inner potency that exists only in his service. Mm-hmm. So for let's say for the service of Bhagavan, Serb Shakti acts in such a way it's he's, he's controlling him. He likes to be controlled, so bhakti controls Bhagavan in his service, and he's fully happy with that. But again, the control of Bhagavan is not happening under the influence of an inferior energy. Not Maja Shakti, not even Tathasta Shakti. We as Tathasta Shakti, we cannot control Bhagavan. The only way we can control Bhagavan is Bhakti coming to our lives. And Bhakti will control Bhagavan. Not the Tathasta Shakti portion, if you will, (laughs) but the Bhakti Shakti portion. Bhagavan doesn't go outside of the circle of Sarup Shakti, we mentioned, remember. He, he, he doesn't know anything else about Sarup Shakti, but Bhakti. So, if we don't go with Bhakti in our hands towards Bhagavan, specifically our Bhagavan, if you will, we may get in some other outer circle, if you will, of manifestation of divinity, paramatma, or whatever. So, interestingly, the, again, going back to the analogy of the wife, it's really proper here, speaking about this point. Swarup Shakti being in the service of Krishna and controlling him. Similarly, the chaste wife is serving his husband and controlling him. And the chaste wife here symbolizes the chaste Swarup Shakti, if you will. The feminine energy, in this case of Bhagavan, always in the, shak- in the service of Shaktiman. But again, the end result is the object of the service, the husband, Krishna husband, following the analogy, yeah. mm-hmm become fully controlled by the shakti, by the wife, if you will. And interestingly, this is what Mahaprabhu mentioned in, in, the, in the fifth verse of Sikshastakam. I mean, in the first verse, referring to the fifth, asakti. What does he say? Vidyabhadu jivanam. Which describes bhakti in the stage of asakti as the life of the vidyabhadu, the life of the wife called knowledge. And this knowledge means Swarup Shakti. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So, Krishna Nam is the husband of the wife called knowledge, something like that. So, interestingly, connecting Swarup Shakti to a wife, Krishna Nam to Krishna, the husband. Mm -hmm. And, of course, ultimately, here we are speaking about husband and wife. The ultimate wife is, in Tattva, Sri And Sri is the lover of Krishna, in Bhava, Parakya Bhava. But in Tatwa, there is no parakia We never hear the term parakia Tatwa, because in Tatwa means metaphysical principle. Radha and Krishna belong to each other; they are swakhia. But in Baba, the mode of the lila is parokhia. They seem to belong to someone else, because that enhances the experience. So again, again we could say by saying the husband and the wife. This analogy applies the ultimate is Bhakti and shaktiman, and the ultimate expression of Bhakti is Śrīrāda, who in Tatu is Krishna's wife. There is even an outer section in Golok Vrindavan where Śrīrāda is married with Krishna. The followers of the Nimbarka Sampradaya <clears throat> point to that direction, basically. They want to achieve that outer petals of Golok called the Bahir Mandal, where they are married. So I have not shared yet any words from our commentators about this person. (laughs) So I'll try to be a little bit more uh, diligent here. Let's go to the Krama Sandarva commentary.
1: So
0: here he is saying, Here Bhagavan establishes the position of both, Durvas and Ambarish, by an example example of course of the husband and the wife because their hearts now he's paraphrasing Bhagavan because their hearts are attached to me these devotees who are devoid of cheating again sadhava devoid of cheating devoid of kaitab dharma which is something rejected at the very onset of the Bhagavatam dharma mm-hmm. pradito Kaitavo. they are who are devoid of raga and dvesh which means attachment and rejection in the material way the dualistic mind there are Samadarshana, remember? Samadarshana means? So it means devoid of dualistic vision. That's the opposite thing. To see how everyone equal for that, you, you, you cannot be of a dualistic mind. I like this, I don't like that. I am attached to this, I reject that. So this, this devotees control me by bhakti, which we could say has another type of implied raga and dvesh, another type of attachment <laughs> Another type of rejection in the context of bhakti. Hmm? So again, Krishna is referring here to the devotees with which word? Let's go back again. What's the term in this verse for the devotees? Sadhava. Hmm? So again, a similar version to Sadhubir, which was there in almost all the previous verses. Someone honest, free from selfish motive. And again, if we take the the ultimate application of this term, the sadhava, which doesn't mean to leave, leave everything behind for the sake of Krishna, the ultimate application, and we should engage in this exercise of what's the ultimate application of this, as our Goswamis does do, as our Acharyas did. They take something and they see, okay, this is being said here, but the ultimate possibility of this statement lies here. <laughs> So, this exercise is exercises to be done with all these verses. Here, Bhagavan in Vaikuntha says this to Bambarish, which is a, has a particular type of bhakti, but how this applies in its ultimate possible expression, we will be thrown to Brindavan again. Mm-hmm. So, this happens here. This idea converts, again, in the Brajabhava in general, and in Radha in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: My sadhus, the person who fully controls me, Sri Radha is the one who mainly controls me. Bhagavan, mm-hmm. through her samartha as described by Rūpa Goswami. Samartha means competent affection. Competent means has the capacity, among other things, to fully control Bhagavan. Mm-hmm. Fully control. Bhagavan says that in the Bhagavad-gārāti. mayi namam kalpate, vīstyan jadasi nasneho bhavati Generally, people approach me for eternality. Mm-hmm but you, he was speaking to the gopis in Kurukshetra, you have given to me in such a way, most people feel fortunate to have a connection with me, I feel fortunate to have a connection with you, by the, the, no, the nobility of your approach. Mm-hmm. So Bhagavan is being expressed, I am connected, c- controlled by love. Mm-hmm. Our Guru give gives example sometimes, you may con- connect, control someone by physical force, I may put you in a cage. That's not so becoming. <laughs> Sometimes we may need to, but that's another thing. Or I may control you mentally, psychically. That's more subtle. And you may not realize I'm controlling you. That's more unbecoming. But the highest level of control is love. You are fully controlled, but that's becoming. That's totally becoming. That, that's the whole idea of control. That's not a bad word, control. Bhagavan here is sending the glories of control, like once I think Phila Prabhupada when it was the Independence Day here, what's July 4th here, mm-hmm. so everyone was like doing some parade and celebrating we are independent, so he said to his disciples, you should go outside and celebrate the Dependence Day <laughs> mm-hmm. no? we are celebrating our being controlled by the, by affection of Sri Guru and Vaishnav. Mm-hmm. and for sure Krishna will join you because he also celebrates his own dependence as we are seeing but here in these verses he is declaring dependence day <laughs> every day is dependence day we shouldn't wait once a year for that we may like once a year to celebrate independence day to feel our society independent then you have 364 days to realize it's not like that <laughs> it's not working mm-hmm. so it's interesting how this control works because the more you control by love try to follow this and apply this to Krishna not so much to narayan but the more you control by love the less you appear as the controller. I mean, the more you control by physical force, psychic manipulation, you still appear I'm controlling you. But the more you control by love, the less you appear as the controller because the nature of love is that if someone loves you, that will come to you as well. So you will be controlled. I mean, you never will feel yourself like I'm controlling because I'm being controlled because love is two ways, three, if you will and Krishna is the supreme controller Brahma says it Ishvara Uh,
1: Parama
0: Ma Krishna Krishna. thank you so he's Ishvara Parama Parameshwar the supreme controller and Krishna does not appear it's that face of the absolute that appears to control the least the less controller hmm? he's not dealing with he's playing the flute
1: hmm?
0: but he's controlled by why he's playing the flute because he's it seems he's controlling through the flute, but he's being controlled and that's why he's playing the flute. <laughs> There's a background of control in his controlling. Really? Mm-hmm. So Krishna is the supreme controller, but in Vrindavan he becomes the supreme controlled. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmed by his sort of shakti he is. Mm-hmm. Can you bear with me some further minutes? Really? I know it's Friday, it's late, you have been working. Sorry, thank you for your patience. Sorry, Anandana. You seem tired. I realized that maybe it was today you came today here. Yeah, we just so long journey. But hopefully it's worthy. <laughs> you have an extra prashana after the class. That's for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: so here also this verse gives some interesting contrasting idea. Krishna Bhagavan is not Krishna. Sorry I'm finding Krishna here but it's Vishnu. <laughs> He's saying uh, my devotees view Samadarsana and they view everyone equally and also say they remain completely attached to me. So that's an interesting point because for most of us we feel if you see everyone equally you shouldn't be extremely attached to anyone because that may go against seeing everyone equally, at least that's the general psychology here. But interestingly Bhagavan here is saying first, he's saying totally attached to me and like a byproduct of that is they see everyone equally. So it's a type of attachment that is not like conflicting with equanimity. So that's that speaks about what type of attachment it is this is. Because if you just get attached in an ordinary way, I mean the very idea of attaching ordi- in an ordinary way means you are not seeing everyone equally. I'm attached to my I don't know to my house. It means I see my house different than yours. I'm attached to my family. In a material world I mean it means they are especially dear to me because they are my family, as we spoke the other day. So, it, it does, it's not promoting equal vision. It's promoting boundaries, limits. Mm-hmm. But here we see, the Bodhisattva are completely attached. Krishna say not only attached to me, he said, completely attached, and they're completely equal to everyone. So, that's a very interesting type of attachment. <laughs> that is, again... Um, promoting equanimity. It's not affecting that. Actually, <clears throat> it's upgrading that. The more attachment you have towards Krishna, the more equal vision you have towards everything else because you will see everything else in connection to the common source that everything has. But that will only happen as much as you are attached to that common source. So you follow? I mean, I am totally attached to the center and that gives me samadarshanam because I realize everything is connected to the center. I will see everything equally. Mm-hmm. E- equally means, well, common interest, common center. Mm-hmm. So as much as you get attached to the center, the more you see everyone in connection to the center. That means Samadarshana. Samadarshana. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that shows this is not mundane attachment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which, on the contrary, obstructs obs- ob- our capacity to be objective, to be impartial. Here we are speaking about another type of attachment, Ashakti, raga Raga, laulim. And again, if we are speaking about the attachment here, in a spiritual sense, the ultimate expression of attachment, again, we are thrown back to Vrindava, not even to Vaikuntha, we are thrown to the Raga mark. Raga mark means the path of attachment, literally. <laughs> what do you practice? I practice the path of attachment. That may seem like, what? You need to explain yourself a little bit. As our Guru Mahath will put it, the path of passionate love. That's, Brindav, that's what Vrindavan is about. It's a, the very path, the marga, is made of raga, of attachment. Because why Krishna is not loved here because of his God, but he loved because of attachment. He love loved as a family member. As you love a family member here, materially, you will love Krishna in Braj spiritually. He is one of us. He's my friend, he's my this, he's my that. there is another Hamameti, I mean mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everyone in Vrindavan is loving Krishna because of the particular attachment they feel for him. Mm-hmm. Not, not even because of who he is as God or who he is as who he is in Vrindavan. For example, you have Balaram. Mm-hmm. Which is the type of love that Balaram has for Krishna. Or how does he feel towards Krishna? In, in terms of relationship, who is Balaram? In terms of Krishna? Brother, of the brother. friend. Brother. Technically speaking, Balaram is the brother of Krishna? Were they born from the same parents? No. Who is Balaram's mother?
1: Right.
0: So they are not brothers of Krishna. In one sense. <laughs> you so, technically speaking, DNA, blood test tests speaking, they are not brothers. But Balan doesn't care. No? It doesn't matter, it's my brother, not my brother. I am attached to him as a brother. That's what it, what counts. You follow. What to speak of, he's God, not God. I mean, he. I know he's not God, but he's not even my brother, but he's my brother. Mm-hmm. So our Gurmash will say, some boy in the neighborhood behaves very nicely, and your own child is not very good, you miss adopt the child and feel, he's my son. Right? So, that's similar to what's happening in, in Brach. So, first there is attachment, and then a relationship is, be- is made on that basis. In this world, it's the opposite. First I have my son, and since he's my son, I love him. And when down is, I love him, and therefore, he's my brother. <laughs> that's how bother thinks, he's my brother, I love him as a brother, and therefore, he's my brother, even though he's not my brother. <laughs> In this world, I love my brother, well, because he's my brother. (laughs) I have to, (laughs) I should, even though I love some other people more, but I won't say that too loudly, but (laughs) he's my brother in this life, I have to love him. So, you follow, in material way, I mean, we generally develop some affection on the basis of the established relationship. But here's the opposite, there's some of, no, affection is first, and then the relationship becomes established. Sometimes there is no relationship at all. Shirada has no relationship with Krishna, officially speaking. He, she cannot, but she loves Krishna the most. <laughs> Sometimes says that just so that some people, is not even the mother of Krishna. I mean, that won't enter into her psychology. Same with Balaram. So, in this way... <laughs> Again, here this is not directly implied at this point, only indirectly. We are in Vaikuntha. But... For moments, mm-hmm. Krishna appears through Narayan, if you will, for speaking to all of you. <laughs> so all this, na- but this narrative is preparing the ground. That's the point here, for 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 the tenth canto, the Lila narrative that will converge there. So it's important to understand how the Bhagavatam is presented in such a way that it's really leading us from taking our hand and taking step by step to really enter, really enter the Brindavan leader. not just reading, oh, nice stories, I continue with my life, but no, no, you have to, that's so what we must say, there's one blank page waiting for you to fill with your own testimony, and that page is in the 10th canto, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, I will say, the blank page is not in, a, in other canto. The other cantos are for taking you there, but the blank page reserved with your name below is 10th canto, the, very, the first chapters, before Christian lives. I would say that, that's in between uh, okay let's go to where I'm not finishing yet mm-hmm. only one hour we have ten minutes maybe mm-hmm. well, only by your blessings time we time may time continue, I continue here I came all the way for this okay okay eh? be ready for the consequences of that <laughs> 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 this may extend unlimited it <laughs> So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his unique Sarartha Dharjini commentary, as as usual, he's giving this in-between dialogue between Bhagavan and Durvas. In this particular verse, Bhagavan only is speaking through the pen of Vishwanath. And he's saying to Durvas, remember Durvas, what did it mean?
1: Stressful house. Sorry? Stressful house. Stressful (laughs) house.
0: That's a good way to put it, yeah? Like, difficult residence. (laughs) 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 That's a contemporary way of putting it. Very good, very updated. So, you know when to invoke the term Durvas. So, also Durvas, yeah, means hard to control. So, Bhagavan here is playing, doing a play of words through Bhishma saying, he's speaking to Durvas and I am Durvas for Durvasas like you. Durvas means difficult to control also. So I am difficult, I hard to control to Brahma bodies like you, Durvas. So he's using durvas name to imply something else. I am Durvas for Durvas. For he who is no one, Durvas, I am difficult, hard to control. But I am controlled by my devotees. Since their hearts are fixed in me, they are without material desire, sadava. Another way of saying sadhava is without material desire. And see others suffering as their own. Another way of saying samadarsana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we'll elaborate that before finishing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so basically that's what Vishwanath is saying here. Mm-hmm. They are without material desires, on one side, on one side sadhava. And they see everyone equally, others suffering, others joy, as their own. Mm-hmm. So first, again, the point is first we fix our hearts in Bhagavan and then we'll come a corresponding uh, equanimity and peace.
1: That's
0: mm-hmm. a byproduct of that. Krishna Bhakti Nishkam mm-hmm. atayeva Shanta Bhukti Mukti shridikami Kami Sakalya Shanta Krishna Das Kaviraj My devotees, real sadhus, are totally in peace because they are Nishkam. They have no selfish desire. But those who desire bhukti, mukti, siddhi, all of them are kami, full of calm, full of desire. I want mystical perfection, I want sense enjoyment, I want redemption from suffering. And a they cannot be in peace. So that's an important point because all of us are looking for peace, of course. And Krishna says in the Gita, there cannot be real happiness without peace. So implying in the context of being happy, you should. Try to understand that it goes hand by hand with peace, peace and love, as we always say. Sometimes we want to be happy on a material platform without peace, but just agitating our minds, just trying for pleasure. Actually, that's not happiness. Pleasure is something, happiness is something else in, in the material sense of the term. So, real, hap- <coughs> real happiness brings peace as a byproduct. So, here, this is mentioned here. Prasila Prabhupada, in his commentary, elaborates on that, so let me share his words before finishing. He's saying, in this, word, in this verse, the word samadarshana, the word samadarshana is significant. The pure devotee is actually equal toward everyone, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, Brahma, Buddha, Prashanatmana, Admana, Kashati, Samasar, Vishu, Bhutishu, the same idea. He says, universal brotherhood is possible when one is a pure devotee. So we are not against universal brotherhood. Vasudhaiva Kutumbakam, the whole world is one family. But Pandita Sama says the Bhagavad Gita. My devotee who is humble and is surrendered to me, he will see everyone equally. Because again, pure devotee means uh, an unadulterated universal connection of everyone with the center. Hmm? So that's, that's classical quality of, of a devotee. And that's also a golden rule in every religion, to, to see, see others' suffering as one's own, to see others' happiness as one's own, to basically to, to have empathy, as we spoke recently. So on one level, the devotees have an empathy that Bhagavan cannot have, because Bhagavan has not gone through the experience of Maya Shakti. So he cannot really have affective empathy, as we mentioned, like, really, I know what that feels but he can have cognitive empathy. Huh? Like, yeah, I, I got an idea that he's not having a good time. <laughs> and I understand why, although I never experienced that. But you can help, and somehow or other. Hmm? So, this foundation of universal compassion is very important in, in, in devotion also. Sometimes practitioners of bhakti may overlook the importance of, of compassion. Sometimes when we say I want to preach and deliver the whole world but sometimes universal compassion may not be the background for that may only the only this I'm not saying everyone is of course having that idea but sometimes I've seen that I want to convert others to my creed only because I'm not I have not enough faith on my own so I need the whole world doing the same thing I'm doing to feel I am doing the right thing now because everyone else is doing that there is a surprised to walking on this way. <laughs> <Uh-oh. Please.
1: laughs> so, <clears throat>
0: so, that happens in the name of compassion. We just may want just things to happen as us as, as we like. Or we, or we, we may want just people to validate our own uh, uh, fragile conviction. I don't have too much faith so I need all of you to chant Hare Krishna so I really understand chanting Hare Krishna is the best thing. I'm not so sure for myself so you should be doing that. <laughs> okay, so that complements with my lack of faith. It's not working like that. So real preaching should be an, an overflow of universal compassion to others. That's, that's an important thing. That shouldn't be overlooked. The santa Santarasa represents that in one level. Santarasa represents... Lack of selfish desire, universal compassion. Of course, our goal is not Santa Rasa, but we could make a case for going through Santa Rasa till we reach higher prospect of in Rasa. I mean, it's not that you get to Dasya Saki about Sali without having universal compassion. You see the example of all the associates of Raj and Lila, and they were melting in compassion. Mm. Whatever, the Sachi, the Vishnupriya, so much compassion, (laughs) sacrificing themselves for our sake, everyone, the Goswamis, and so on. Mm -hmm. For me, it's very important that the very first book of our Sampradaya, which is the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, depicts the journey of Gopakumar. And in his journey, Gopakumar, as you know, goes through so many layers of theological conception. And all of this also represents levels of insight an acquisition of certain realizations, including Santa Rasa. He goes to Vaikuntha, going to Vaikuntha means going to the land of Santa Rasa. So he became acquainted with the insight, the, 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 the richness there. Oh, universal compassion is here, Se- lack of selfish desire is here. So the idea that he went through that and continue means for you to reach Golok, you have to have acquired quarrel of things before. You cannot enter Golobrindan without universal compassion and lack of self desire. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, all the things are included in the, in the highest conception. Mm-hmm. Highest conception. Mm-hmm. So, we have to be merciful, compassionate. That's the very first quality when they mention the famous 20 sexualities qualities of the boat is Kripalu. is merciful. Compassionate. Like, Again, not the opposite, but you know, Tako represents the opposite in in one of his songs. I mean, he presents himself. I am the opposite of that. He's not, but... He said, when someone is suffering, I'm happy. When someone is happy, I suffer. So that that really depicts the, I don't know, the envious panorama, if you will, the most undesiring thing. So indirectly showing how it should be ideally. When someone is suffering... I'm not happy, I'm suffering. Not for myself. Kripam buddhiyapura The Vaishnava is not suffering for himself, herself, but suffering with his other suffering. And remembering, oh, I, go, I went through that. And, and that takes some pouring of bhakti into that life, into that heart. Can I close with one last point? I promise this is the last point. I'm not lying, Anandana, uh-uh. believe me. So, one point from Paramatma Sandara but this is nice, it's interesting by Silaji Goswami. Believe me, it's interesting. <laughs> you don't believe me, I see some faces the same. I don't know, that's so interesting, that's worthy of five more minutes, I'm not so sure. I have to charge you for it. <laughs> we will speak. Yeah. So... <laughs> So Jiva Goswami in this connection he say, okay, we say that here it is to say that Bhagavan is feeling pleasure for his devotees in connection to his devotees. Now we say the devotees feel happiness and pleasure in this world and there is also some feeling of pleasure from Bhagavan to the devotees. So Jiva Goswami say, why well, may question something here? Because we already say Bhagavan is unable to feel the pain of living entities
1: hmm,
0: under the influence of Maya Shakti by the Jivas. He cannot feel that because he, God is not in illusion, in that illusion. <laughs> maya is another department. So, Jiva Goswami presents the argument, if Bhagavan cannot feel the pain of living entities, how he is able to feel the pleasure of his devotees? <clears throat> of course, he presents that argument as a further excuse to, for, to unfold about the nature of, of Bhakti and the interaction between Bhagavan and Bhakta. Uh, you say if he, act, if he acts to give them pleasure, then he must feel that pleasure on some level, mm-hmm. because if not, how will he know that the devotees are deriving pleasure mm-hmm. from his actions? So, and he said the process of ex- the process of experiencing pain and pleasure is the same, at least on this level, of course. But the, the assumption is that here, uh, he cannot feel the pain of living entities here. So why he's feeling the pleasure of the devotees? I mean, one may conclude that if pain is material, so maybe pleasure is also material. So how he can feel pleasure is material. And so he presents apparent contradiction. Mm-hmm. And to this, of course, Jiva Goswami replies what hopefully you may imagine already in your Shastri Yukti, <laughs> in your Shastri no, uh, scriptural logic. The pain of the devotee, or the pleasure of the devotee in this case, was the reply? Bhagavan does not enter in contact with material suffering, material pleasure. So, how to explain that he enters in contact? He feels the pleasure of the devotees, it's
1: not
0: and he suffer- and their suffering as well. Because it's not
1: material.
0: Okay, that's the point. Mm-hmm. So that that's the, the reply that Jiva Goswami mentioned here. He says. At least in the part that we are devotees, if you will, if you speak about someone who is one hundred percent devotee, that applies fully. If we have still some mixture over there, if you will we we won't say oh, he's feeling my conditioned side he hasn't have experience, but regarding the bhakti presence there is is like that the devotional side, if you will, not to over justify our condition still condition experience at. <laughs> But the point is that <clears throat> Jiva Goswami said that both manifestations of bhakti, both are pleasure and suffering of a devotee, there are expressions of bhakti. In other words, a devotee, a real devotee, again, we have to bear in mind, when Jiva Goswami says a devotee, what's his idea of being a devotee? No, <laughs> means to be a Jiva Goswami... <laughs> So that's a devotee from D to E, D-E-B-O-T-E-E, devotee. <laughs> no? So whatever that devotee experiences, pain and pleasure, of course, again, there are degrees of devotion, but we should also have very clear what does it mean to be a devotee in capital letters, because we should aspire for that. So for that devotee, his, her, pain and pleasure will only play itself, themselves out in the context of Bhakti. The devotee will experience pleasure in connection to Krishna. The devotee will experience pain in connection to Krishna, mm-hmm. to Bhagavan. Pain of separation, pain of. Again, in connection to something that is Jiva Goswami mentions here, no? that a devotee feels happy only by giving pleasure to Bhagavan and feels more morose, morose, mm-hmm. if unable to do so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes some obstacle may come, the devotee may want to render some favorable seva, some pain comes. But the pain, the only thing that makes it, increases the longing for, render that favorable seva. So, upgrades the bhakti. So, both the pain and pleasure of the devotee is not independent from Bhagavan. That's the point. It's only, always in connection to him. Therefore, Bhagavan experiences, again, only his Swarup Shakti. So, only experiences and increases his intrinsic potency while realizing the pain and pleasure of the devotee that's an interesting point that you was makes when con- contacting the play the devotional pain and pleasure of the devotee that increases bhagavan's own relish in context of the swarup swarubh-shakti, shak- Ananda. so the principle that bhagavan is unable to experience material pain and pleasure is not viola- violated he remains free from that so some words some considerable words we wanted to share today and tomorrow in our next verse we will further elaborate on the glories of the devotees and the by-products of the devotees' attachment to Bhagavan and vice versa the byproducts of Bhagavan' attachment to the devotees showing how how this devotional attachment is taking them take the devotees in this case even to dismiss dismissed, uh, the different types of mukti that generally constitute the very goal of life for every, almost every spiritual practice. In this case, for them it will be totally, how do you say, dismissable. We have created a new world. So, that will be the main, a little trailer of what we will see tomorrow, coming next soon in a theater near you, <laughs> the Gopal's house tomorrow. So we'll leave here. If there are any questions we can make them tomorrow because I've extended myself considerably. But tomorrow we can if, if there are no urgent inquiries. Mahamantra has one? Okay. Mancha Kalpata Ruhya. Shtagripasa Pati Tanam Patitanam Pavanabhya Bhashna